0: Ronna McDale blocks Jenna Ellis on Twitter, Kamala Harris thinks that people are too dumb to get a photocopy of their own ID, and massive protests erupt in Cuba. I'm William Hall and this is The William Hall Show. Welcome back to the show. Many of you may have heard that Trump was actually at a UFC event very recently. He was uh, just kind of showing up, I believe fairly unannounced. I don't think most people actually knew that he was going to show up for this, but he did show up. And let's just say that the crowd reaction was actually extremely good. So if you're listening very carefully there, you can hear the crowd in there chanting USA, USA, pretty, there's a lot of noise in there in general, so it's kind of hard to hear. But either way, what you're not hearing is a bunch of booing. That's what you're not hearing. And if you were watching the mainstream media, believe it or not, you would be thinking something totally different happened. You would think that for some reason, Trump was having this big issue there that all of the audience was hating the fact that he was there. I mean, apparently even Fox or something like that was covering it and we're turn, trying to get the cameras turned away from him and stuff. I mean, it, it is ridiculous how the mainstream media just really tries as much as possible to deny the facts on the ground that Trump is still a very popular person, regardless of what many people may think that are in the mainstream media. But the thing is that it's good to see that he's out and about and still doing things obviously once again, a very good sign. So on a bit of a different note, Trump was also at CPAC over the weekend as well, I believe in Texas. And there were a lot of things that kind of came out of this, mostly drama specifically. Uh, what you actually want up having is a situation where Ronna McDaniel, which uh, she is the uh, GOP chairwoman, essentially, she blocked Jenna Ellis on Twitter. Now, Jenna Ellis is the lawyer that was actually helping Trump During the Stop the Steal, during all of that, that whole process with Rudy Giuliani and everything. And and to be honest with you, Jenna Ellis, by the way, is no particular, doesn't really have exactly the best record as far as it goes for supporting Trump in the past. Because she has spoken out about, or at least against him, uh, a couple of years ago as well. So she doesn't have a pristine record either in all this. But what you did have is a situation where Ronna McDaniel wound up blocking Jenna Ellis on Twitter from that account. And Jenna Ellis basically Spilled all the beans, spilled, put all the information out there. So what was all of this drama over? This actually had to do with a situation dealing with all of the stop the steal versus the support from the GOP. So what we have here is that there's actually evidence from the RNC chief counsel, Justin Reimer, that was showing that he was questioning why the RNC party uh, colleagues were backing president Trump's allegations of voter fraud. The email that was talking about that was actually texted to Trump's attorney, Jenna Ellis, who passed it on to Rudy Giuliani and then uh, Bernard Carrick. So on Sunday, former uh, Trump elections attorney, Jenna Ellis tweeted out that the information was true that the RNC stabbed president Trump in the back and his attorneys in the back and that the RNC is lying by pretending it was false. So what you have going on here is that the GOP, the whole time, we're talking about Ronald McDale and all of the people that are were as a whole a part of the GOP. We're basically saying, look, we don't believe anything that Trump's saying about the whole stop the steal stuff. We don't believe any of that. We don't think that he has any evidence whatsoever, but we're going to go along with it because it's a great way to make money. That's essentially what's going on right now. Now, the GOP this whole time, you wouldn't have known. I mean, it would have been... Impossible to have known this this entire time that behind the scenes many of these people were saying this Trump guy we don't believe anything he's saying at all. But keep in mind they had no problem fundraising off of his name for months after the after January twentieth. Uh, so it goes on here where RNC chairwoman Ronald McDaniel, like I said, blocked Jenna Ellis after uh, after this whole situation came out with a story that that Jenna Ellis was putting out there and blocked her entirely on Twitter. Then you had Jenna Ellis actually posting, showing the the blocked screenshot and all of the things that were going on with that. So this is kind of, I get it, it's, it's kind of the petty infighting that you have going on, but it really, I think, is a wake-up call to anybody that's kind of wondering what's happening right now with the GOP, what's happening with CPAC, what's happening in current politics on the Republican side of things. What's happening is that there is an absolute divide against the establishment GOP versus Trump that's going on right now okay it's almost hard to even ignore because you're seeing it over and over again oh the vast majority of the establishment GOP the people that have been in Congress for many years before Trump are still in Congress after Trump people that are kind of the staples of the organization those people oftentimes behind the scenes do not support Trump at all they're doing it because they know that it's politically advantageous to do so, that they are going to benefit some way from it. But ultimately, they're not really Trump supporters. That's what's happening. I mean, we're, let's look at our Mitch McConnells, our Mitt Romneys. They're all kind of along those lines where they're these toast kind of Republicans that are just kind of standing around and do stuff, but they're not actually in support of what's going on, the actual agendas and things that Trump was trying to push. That's what you're seeing right now and jenna ellis is calling this out showing what's going on even though like i said jenna ellis doesn't have the best track record herself as far as support for trump either way at least it was out there and everyone saw that it was a tweet and they know that she made that tweet but when you're looking at the situation with the gop things are a bit different because they haven't been telling you that they haven't been telling me that they've told no one this in march 2021 just this year if you recall Trump had to actually send a cease and desist letter to the RNC. A lot of people forgot about that because they were using his name to make money, not money that was going to Trump, but just to make the RNC money. So they were still basically campaigning and using Trump's name. If you were, uh, have done anything with the emails before, I'm sure you've seen these emails going out. Maybe they're sending you text messages to fundraise for certain things, using Trump's name when these people don't support Trump. So you have to be careful here. The RNC is not entirely in support of Trump for a lot of the people that are there. They're not. Or at least they don't believe in a lot of the election stuff that he's talking about. I think a lot of them would like to move on from Trump if they had the opportunity to. But make no mistake, the only reason why Trump was even remotely at CPAC is just so that they could fill seats, so that they could get people to show up, people to fawn over Trump like they're going to do anyways. They knew that they needed him to be there to be the headliner. To get people to show up for the rest of their stuff, but make no mistake, if they didn't have to have him there, he wouldn't be there because I think that a lot of the people don't support Trump at all in the GOP. And now you're seeing this come out to light at this point. You're seeing this through these emails, the text messages as well, but I'm not surprised by this because it's the same people that were very soft or really didn't make any comments or speak out up to support Trump or any of that. It's the same people that did that before. So I'm not surprised that they actually don't support him at all. Between Kamala Harris and Joe Biden, I really don't know which one would be worse. Honestly, both of them are really bad. But the problem is that they consistently make comments talking about how black people can't do this and black people can't do that, or rural Americans can't figure out how to do this or that, all to push a specific narrative. And most recently, you have Kamala Harris coming out basically saying that people that live in rural America have no idea how to photocopy their ID.
1: Is agreeing to voter ID one of those compromises that you'd support?
2: I don't think that we should underestimate what that could mean. Because in some people's mind, that means, well, you're going to have to um, Xerox or, or, or photocopy your ID to send it in to prove you are who you are. Well, there are a whole lot of people, especially people who live in rural communities, who don't, there's no kinkos, there's no office max near them. People have to understand that when we're talking about voter ID laws, be clear about who you have in mind and what would be required of them to prove who they are. Of course people have to prove who they are, but not in a way that makes it it almost impossible for them to prove who they are.
0: All right. So the big problem here that you have every single time they do this is that it's meant to push a narrative. It's meant to push something that they're trying to get accomplished and they're going to do and say whatever is necessary to do so. And in this situation, what they're trying to do is basically they don't want there to be any rules and regulations behind how people vote. They don't want you to have to be able to show an ID to vote because they know that they're trying to cheat. Newsflash. And that's why they're not doing like requiring a voter ID was never about trying to suppress voters. It was about keeping people from cheating. It's simple. It makes it verifiable. You can actually see who it is that voted, much more clearly than you would if you just have people just turning in ballots for whatever reason. So what they're doing is then saying, well, they they just can't get their IDs photocopied. They have no idea how to work a photocopy machine, or there's not one that's close to them. So how dare we try to say they need to have an ID to vote. Meanwhile, look at all of the basic things you have to do in your life that you need an ID for. It's not hard to look very far to see that. Everybody has some sort of identification. And I posted this online, basically saying, look, if you're in this country and you have no way to prove who it is that you really are via an ID or something, then maybe you should have somebody escort you out of the country. Like, I don't understand who doesn't have the ability to show that they are their particular name or with a picture or something, some type of identification. It's very basic, very basic. So for them to kind of put this stuff in there and say that they just can't do it, they don't know how. More of the bigotry of low expectations. More of them trying to shift the rules by saying that people are just too stupid to figure it out. And just expecting everyone to go along with it. Really sick and tired of this narrative. Many of you have seen the CNN doctor before. She's the exact same one that actually came out on TV saying that the vaccine needs to be a carrot on the stick. That the, the, the things that you're able to do once you get vaccinated need to be the reward or the treat that we have for people to basically coerce them into getting the vaccine. That, so, so now when you just thought that it couldn't get any worse,
1: it got worse. I think this really depends on what it is that we do at this point. So now we have this Delta variant that is much more contagious. Because it's more contagious, it's going to be even harder for us to reach herd immunity. We're going to have to vaccinate an even higher proportion of people to get there. What happens then if we end up having another variant developing that's even more contagious, that could cause more disease, that could evade the protection of our immune system. And so how quickly we get this under control and which way we go depends on what we do now now when it comes to vaccination to overcoming disinformation and what we really need to do at this point is to make vaccination the easy choice it needs to be hard for people to remain unvaccinated right now it's kind of the opposite it's fine i mean it's easy if you're unvaccinated you can do everything you want to do anyway but at some point these mandates by workplaces by schools i think it will be important to say hey you can opt out but if you want to opt out you have to sign these forms you have to get twice weekly testing basically we need to make getting vaccinated the easy choice that is what it's going to take for us to actually end the pandemic
0: all right dr lena Wen, max boot so what's really crazy about this is that she literally went from let's offer a benefit to getting vaccinated to now saying we're gonna punish you for not getting vaccinated we there can't just be benefits for getting the vaccine you must suffer you must deal with consequences now meanwhile ignoring the idea that the vast majority of people are actually immune to the virus if you've already had it, but she goes on and so she she basically is talking about all of these things that they need to do. You need to. What did she say? The The twice weekly testing is the new one that she's trying to push on everyone. Come on. I mean, could you imagine having to test twice a week just to live a normal life because you didn't have a vaccine? This It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous what they're trying to do with this authoritarian kind of regime stuff. It doesn't work, and it shouldn't work. People are going to fight back against this, and rightfully so. They should. Absolutely. The other thing, too, is that doctors have an oath to take. Okay, All of them have supposedly done this, and it's to do no harm. But yet, when you look at what this doctor is saying right now, does that sound like they're doing no harm? I mean, forcing... Unvaccinated Americans to take a vaccine that very well could be detrimental to their health. You don't know that. You can't just say it's all across the board, 100% effective for everybody. It, that's it's statistically not possible. But yet, that's the way that she's trying to push this. And the thing is, I'm I'm just grateful that people like her are not in charge. Yeah, at least, <laughs> at least for now, they're not in charge. But this lady has every time that she's been on CNN has always made some ridiculous statement about the virus, about forcing people into action, forcing them to do certain things, and that if they don't do them, they must suffer the consequences over and over again. And she even briefly mentioned the Delta variant. Another thing that they're adding on top of this, guys, we knew it was going to mutate. When when they were making the first vaccines uh, that they were looking at doing, everyone said, guys, this isn't going to help you if this virus mutates. It's not going to do anything if it mutates. And all of this, all this virus is doing is, or the, the vaccines are doing is helping it to mutate. This is what's happening right now. And so if you think that the lockdowns are over, if you think that the masking is over, if you think that all of the rest of the the things that they've been trying to push and make people to, to do over the past year is over, it isn't over. It never will be over because they know that they can do it again. They know that. And trust me, they will if they get the chance to. It will never end. It's a never-ending cycle, a never-ending story of the same type of behavior over and over again from the same people. All because we didn't try to stick up for our rights the first time around. So just a quick reminder that I do have a Patreon page where you can donate directly to The William Hall Show. And in addition to that, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please remember to leave a review and to subscribe. Things are starting to ramp up for the midterm elections. We are now starting to see a little bit more information coming out that could give us a decent insight into exactly what we're looking at for the results in the coming year and a half or so. Now, we've already have seen remnants of this take place in 2020, but now we're looking at this also being a lot more clear in 2022 as far as it goes for the way that these results will be. What are we looking at here specifically? So what's going on is that it's this new poll that actually came out talking about crime rates and specifically what they mean, how important they are to the voters in these different areas. So the Democratic uh, polling firm Navigator Research released a weekly survey, which asked voters which issues they rated as major crises. So the first one, so on the most of the 14 issues tested from the coronavirus pandemic to inflation, Republicans and Democrats differ sharply over their significance. For instance, 70% of Democrats still see the pandemic as a major, major crisis. That doesn't surprise anybody because they, all of their news outlets and everything they look at is telling them that it's a major crisis. They, they need it to be a major crisis basically, but only 30% of Republicans agree, which makes sense. So for the first time, Crime ranked ahead of the pandemic as the top issue for all voters, he continued. Even more surprisingly, it was an issue that voters of both parties ranked highly. 57% of Republicans called the issue a major crisis, while 52% of uh, Democrats concurred. Most significantly, 70% of African American voters called violent crime a major crisis. In other words, this spells major problems for Democrats in 2022. That's basically the gist of what's going on here. If the voter base, specifically the black voters, are waking up and realizing, hey, this defund the police stuff was really a bad idea, then Democrats are not going to have a fun time in 2022. Because what we're seeing has been a historic rise in crime. Now, I don't care what Lori Lightfoot has to say about that because she's lying about the issue. We've seen a historic rise in crime. In Chicago, Detroit, all of the major Democrat-run cities, it's been there. Because they constantly have, when they weren't pushing defund the police, then they're saying, well, we don't respect the police because, you know, the the shootings of these other criminals that we can't really even justify uh, in, in our own reasoning of why they shouldn't have happened. Because trust me, all of those situations that they're pointing to were justified. But they're taking this and they're using the, those narratives to devalue the importance of police in the society, the communities that these different cities are in. And then they're surprised that the criminals are like, Hey, we're going to take advantage of this. I mean, during certain protests during Juneteenth, remember I was playing clips where they were on top of police cars, not getting arrested, literally dancing on the hood of police cars and nobody does anything. And they're surprised that there's a crime surge. Now, the thing is that Biden reportedly committed to sending even a federal strike force to the city of Chicago during that, actually during July 4th weekend, because of the violence spike in crime. Once again, he won't say much of anything about that. He hasn't even mentioned a rise in crime, because that's the one thing that Democrats know that they can't fix. They can't fix it. The only and most obvious solution to fixing a high crime rate, is more police. The one thing that Democrats have painted themselves into a corner and can't get out of. How are they going to get out of that narrative? They were the exact same ones trying to push this for the entirety of last year. There's no way that they're going to be able to dig themselves out of that hole at this point. And the fact is that people want to feel safe, above all things. I don't think that they care so much, uh, So many these people in these cities, about Democrat, Republican, or whatever it is. At some point, when you are hearing gunshots at night, At some point where your car is getting robbed, when crimes start hitting close to your neighborhood, then all of a sudden your issues and how you vote is probably going to change. Because you can't keep having Democrats in charge that have been in charge of these cities for 50 years or longer in many situations doing nothing. Doing absolutely nothing but encouraging the crime and then going on TV and then lying to your face. If you just got robbed, if someone that you knew just got shot, I'm pretty sure you wouldn't take it very kindly to have someone like Lori Lightfoot on TV talking about how crime is actually down. Yeah, totally. Even though the numbers are an absolute... or show the opposite of what she's actually saying, of course. Because Lori Lightfoot's a liar. She'll say whatever it takes to make her city seem like it's not horrible, but it is horrible. Make no mistake about that. Cuba is currently in a bit of disarray. Over this past weekend where massive protests, I mean, people, hundreds of thousands of people literally marching through the streets of Cuba, Havana, and protesting the communist dictatorship that they have to live under currently. So analysts that have been monitoring the conditions of Cuba for a long time said that this is the basically the biggest protest they've ever seen since 1994, uh, since people that were in Cuba were actually leaving by sea they were just I, I even remember this when I was younger when you saw these people these kids these families literally on uh, tiny boats sometimes not even boats just go trying to just leave the country because they wouldn't let them go and that's what we're seeing right now uh, 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 just a massive amount of people that are finally saying enough is enough of this government so uh, this is the, the report on here showing that multiple multiple online videos were posted. Showing that the protests had suddenly disappeared in many areas as well. Afterwards, the people were dying of hun- hunger. One woman shouted during a protest highlighted by the Times, "Our children are dying of hunger." Other chants include, "We want freedom. We want vaccines." There were also videos and pictures showing people, protesters in Cuba, holding up—you guessed it—American flags. American flags, not Cuban flags. American flags, and and Democrats look really stupid right now. They look really dumb right now. But the fact is, is that there is, is what you're seeing is an uprising that's taking place in Cuba where people are saying, you know, we're sick of this communism stuff. We want what America has. We want freedom. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure this out. Now, of course, the liberals on Twitter have been trying to sell you something entirely different. Because that's the way that they've always done this with these different types of narratives. They can't just tell you the facts. They can't show you the facts. They have to tell you something else. Because ultimately, they don't want to show what's really happening. They don't want to really represent what's taking place. So what you had is actually Twitter... In their trending section, uh, trending with Cuba or Havana or whatever it was, they had this kind of this disclaimer. And, and this is why we say Twitter is biased, okay? This is why we say this. It's not just about them censoring people, it's about the fact that they even change the trending. And and when the trends are trending in a direction that they don't like, what they'll do is that they will literally put other trends next to it to kind of be kind of give an opposing opinion. Of what they'll say is Um, or what you will, you'll hear Jack Dorsey oftentimes bring up is, well, it's, it's really just the whole picture of what's going on. We wanted to bring up both sides of the debate. Of course, it's totally not because we're biased, but yet when there's a left wing thing that's trending, they never put up the whole or both sides of the debate at that point. Of course, it's only when it's something that's against their narrative. So this is what they did. They had uh, Cuba on their trending and this is the actual, uh, kind of byline of a little statement below it. And it says, quote, people are helping to spread awareness on the impact of COVID-19 in Cuba as cases hit an all time high in the country. The social media platform commented on the hashtag. That's what they were saying in there. So what they're talking about is that it's like, oh, they're, they're spreading awareness of COVID. That's all it is guys. It, it's not what you think it is. It's coronavirus related. Of course, that's what it is. They just want vaccines, but that's a lie. That's an absolute lie. There was even a guy on Twitter that is from Cuba that that was actually talking about this saying, no, that's not true at all. Like, of course, yes, we want vaccines, but it's, we're under a communist dictatorship. We want freedom. Like, that's what this is about. Vaccines are a part of the reason of what's going on. I mean, you even have people on Twitter like, well, it's, if it's just vaccines, you don't need to be concerned about the rest of the stuff. I don't understand. And it's like, guys, the reason why Cuba doesn't have a good distribution of these vaccines or food or water or any of these other resources, you can't take that the lack of those resources away from the communism that caused it to be a lack of resources in the first place. In other words, it is because of communism that they don't have enough vaccines, that they aren't getting enough food, that they aren't getting enough water, that they are starving right now. That's what's happening. Communism does not work. It never has worked. Cuba has always been a a perfect example of how bad communism is. But yet, for some reason, Democrats are trying to misrepresent what's going on here. So Ron DeSantis made a statement talking about this, basically saying that uh, Florida supports the people of Cuba. As they take to the streets against the tyrannical regime in Havana, the Cuban dictatorship has oppressed the people of Cuba for decades and is now trying to silence those who have the courage to speak out against its disastrous policies. Notice that what it's saying is that the government is trying to silence the people that are speaking out against the government. And yet you have Democrats that sit there and say, man, you know, America's horrible. We hate America. We don't like living here. And look at the people of Cuba and ask them that question. They would give everything they had to come to to the United States. Everything. And you know what? You know who would appreciate it more? It's the people in Cuba. They would appreciate the United States more. I put out a post on Gab saying this. Look, why don't we just replace liberals with the Cubans? Since the the liberals want communism so bad, let them go to Cuba, send them there, and give us the Cubans that will actually respect being here. Because they're going to get here, they're going to work hard, they're going to get a job, they're going to do something with their lives. And they're not going to constantly be trying to be concerned about uh, berating the government that allows them to even speak out against it in the first place. Look, you want I'm not saying that if you're in the United States, you don't have a right to complain about the government. That's not what we're talking about here. It's a simple idea of you saying, look, I hate, if you like, I literally hate this country. If You know, when the national anthem comes on, if you're turning your back to it, if you're refusing to even care then why are you here in the first place? That like You do realize that you, maybe you should at least be thankful for the one fact that you're even capable of doing that right now because that's not what's happening in Cuba. That's not what's happening in the rest of these places around the world. And speaking of the national anthem, turning your back against it, so there's the Olympics that are going on, which I'm not watching really any of that at all, but the women's soccer team, some of the members of the of that team actually turned away from the U S flag as a 98 year old veteran was playing the harmonica. Every time I see this video, i it's, it's just hard to watch. It is. To see that man there, this guy that sacrificed something for his country, just disrespected amongst the people that are there, that don't even have the mental just common sense or fortitude to just look and just to even pretend, they don't care. They literally turn their backs to him, and it's just such a massive display of, of disrespect. It really is sad that that's where we're at right now, but that's what's going on. These Olympic players from them to uh, all the ones that are around the world right now, what you're seeing is that other countries, you're not able to do this. And it doesn't mean that you shouldn't be allowed to do it in the United States. It's just recognize your freedom to do so and be thankful for that freedom. That's the problem and the hypocrisy that you have when you see these Democrats that are out there. They want you, on one hand, legitimately say, Well, you know what? If you are in the United States, like there's these, there's all these problems, and this country's so bad, it's systemically racist, it's founded on racism, it will never be cleansed of that racism, is what they'll tell you. But then on the other hand, they're saying, Well, guys, we just need to be so sympathetic for the people in Cuba because they they don't understand what it's like. You know, they 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 have it so bad, they're so oppressed, and it's like. You can't feel bad for them when you're in this country acting a fool about your own stuff. You can't do that because it's not, like I said, it's not about you being unable to complain about the United States. That's not what I'm talking about. Even if it is based on lies, you have a freedom to do so, but be thankful for that freedom. Don't ever go around trying to advocate for burning the flag, actually burning the flag turning your back on the national anthem, saying it doesn't represent you and it doesn't do any of this stuff and it, all of this. It's that's what I'm saying here because there are millions of people across the entire world that would fi- take your spot in a second. They would take your spot in a second. Might be something we should do. I mean, when I was competing at the highest level and orchestras and things, I mean, people would say all the time, look, if you, if you're not willing to practice, if you are if you're not willing to come up and meet to the, get to the standards that we're at up here, there will be somebody that will replace you. It's not hard for us to find them, <laughs> you know? And that's kind of what people need to understand. We are blessed to be here in the United States. And and even if you don't enjoy every second of it and may not like it or you want to criticize it, be thankful for the mere fact that you can do that. Because in other countries, you're going to get jailed or worse for doing the exact same thing. There's a very good reason why everybody from all of these countries is coming here and not vice versa. Nobody in the United States is fighting to live in Cuba right now. Nobody. But the other way around is common. They're all trying to get to the United States, and there's a reason for that. So, across all of the logic, it doesn't matter. Now, of course, at the end of the episode, I typically try to do something with a TikTok liberal. And this time, this episode's TikTok liberal is this guy that is talking about communism itself, like we've just been discussing with Cuba and whatnot, and trying to give what is his best case for. But in reality, it just winds up being actually the worst case I've ever seen for communism.
2: Yeah, so this guy asked for a video on why communism is good and in a part 2 comment he said that he thinks a lot of people just equate communism with North Korea, USSR, or stuff like that and that that's a bad thing. You also don't have to apologize for any ignorance for being liberal. I grew up Christian conservative before I found leftism. Communism is good because true Marxist communism is as close to a utopia as we can get. The reason you equate communism with North Korea and that that's a bad thing is because of Western propaganda, capitalism, McCarthyism, Red Scare. The capitalists over your head want you to think that it's bad so they can keep their capitalism. The Marxist definition of communism is a stateless, classless, moneyless society. That definition has never been reached in the real world, unless you count all of human history up to the last couple thousand years. No working 60 hours a week to have food in your stomach and a roof over your head. Accessible health care. And free to do anything you want to do without the
0: chains of money. Ah, the iconic moneyless and stateless society utopia, right? When was that? Oh, you mean during the caveman era? I mean, these guys are absolutely completely uninformed about the reality on the ground of, of what actually takes place. So the other thing he talks about is, well, you know, it's this idea of being able to have free healthcare, free, this, no job, none of this, none of these things. And it's like, Hey, who's going to do that? Who's going to provide the healthcare? Who's going to build that house? Who's going to build a roof that's over your head. Who's going to build those cars that allows you to do what you're doing. Oh, wait, you mean a working force immediately? That's the problem. That's the reason why communism has always failed. It's a pipe dream, you know, trying to trying to be something important when in reality it's never worked and never will work. Of course, they're going to continue to try and advocate for it because they don't know any better. And, you know, and sometimes I wish they would just come out and say, look, okay, guys, we get it, we get it. It failed every time it's been tried, but, but we want to do it differently. That's typically what you would expect them to say, but that's not what's going on. Now, the thing is that communism has a massive death toll. Massive, across the board. Here's some of the numbers. So in the USSR, 20 million people have died because of communism. China, 65 million. Vietnam, 1 million. North Korea, 2 million. Cambodia, 2 million. Eastern Europe, 1 million. Latin America, 150,000. And Afghanistan, 1.5 million. What are we talking about by killed by communism? What we're saying is that under these dictatorships and regimes, many people died due to the government oppression due to no food due to starvation due to the issues that goes along with having a dictatorship that is entirely concerned about its own wealth and not the wealth of the citizens. That's why they're literally starving in Cuba. They don't have much food available. What is there is extremely expensive and out of the pay range for 90% of people that live there. It's crazy. It's crazy when you go there and yet for some reason, these are the utopias that we're looking for. I mean, come on! Once again, what I'm saying is, is why is it that all of these people are coming to the United States and not vice versa? I would love to see this guy tell that to the people in Cuba right now. Please tell them to their face that they are living in a utopia right now. They guys, you don't get it. This is this is what I've been dreaming of. You you don't understand. This this starving you're feeling is great. Tell that to them and see what they tell you. See what happens to you. Like I said, let's send all of the liberals over to Cuba, over to these communist areas and give us the people that are suffering and under these communist regimes. They'll vote the right way when they get here. They'll know better. They'll appreciate the country. And they're not going to be advocating for things that they know they had to actually suffer and live under. They know firsthand what took place. The rest of these people are in their head about something they have no idea about. It. They don't know the facts behind any of it and as a result they think for some reason it's going to work it never has worked it never will work i don't care how many times you try it i don't care what way you try to go about doing it but these people making these disingenuous arguments about it it's never helped anybody at all and the fact is that i'm going to continue fighting to make sure it never does come here and i hope other people continue to fight to keep it from coming here as well so with that being said, I thank you for watching or listening to the show. Remember that you can follow my channel on Telegram. That is at t.me slash William5849. But with that being said, that's all I have for you on this one. I'm William Hall, and this is The William Hall Show.